Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Trust and Believe. I'm your host, Sean T. And today we are going to enhance your ability to trust and believe by talking about and trying to overcome body dysmorphia. I know we talk a lot about body image on this podcast and we talk a lot about fitness and health. But do you know that body dysmorphia affects one in 50 people? Think about that. There are 6 billion plus people in the world and 1 in 50 people are affected by body dysmorphia, which is looking at your body in a completely different way and kind of like tricking yourself into thinking your body looks a certain way when it really doesn't. Well, today I have some really great people that's going to talk to you today in addition to myself and my journey, because I really believe that together we can overcome body dysmorphia and we can trust and believe in who we are. What's up? This is Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oh my goodness. So when I tell y'all... I am so excited because for the last 25 years of fitness in my career, I have literally been doing everything I can to be as ripped as I can or to eat less. Really, fitness is a stressful career to be in. A lot of people say to me, you don't have to work out because you're fit. And I'm like, well, why do you think I got here? Or how do you think I got here? I had to get here literally by changing my body. And what a lot of people don't understand is a lot of people who are in the fitness industry, we started out in some way being unhappy with our body. And I think that it gets overlooked because now we have an aesthetically great body. And before I continue, you know, I'm all about mindset, but I think it's really important for us to talk about the body and talk about the vanity of it and talk about loving your body. You know, Um, we talked a little bit ago about hot girl summer and I believe that whether you look really, really at your best right now, what you think is your best, or if you're like, "Mm, I got a long way to go, you should accept that and embrace that. But with that said, for me, I looked in the mirror one day and I was 50 pounds overweight. And so that started this journey of me wanting to lose weight. That started this journey of me wanting to eat less. That started this journey of me doing everything in my power to 
try to be as externally fit as possible. And what that did was it created this really great habit of working out and fitness, but also what it did was it didn't make me realize that at that time when I was 50 pounds overweight, that I had to accept that at that moment. And the reason why I needed to accept that is because I didn't realize that later in my life, even into my early 40s, that I would look in the mirror and still see the person that was 50 pounds overweight. And so my first question to you is how many of you have been on a fitness journey, whether it's five pounds, 10 pounds, or 20 pounds lost, and you still see that person that started the journey. And not necessarily that person because you are the same person, but that body that started the journey. You all know Chip. I was actually having a conversation with Chip the other day, and I was telling him how great he looked. And it was super exciting to know the journey he's on. He's on a health journey. He goes to physical therapy. I'm not going to tell you his health issues, but he does a lot of things to keep himself really fit. And so... He said, but you know what? I sometimes still see that person in high school that was 230 pounds. And so if you know Chip and you see him now, you you would immediately be like, dude, there's no way you're 230 pounds. But what people don't understand is the mindset behind people who had a lot of weight to lose and have gotten to that place of fitness. There are times where that old body creeps in. And so I just want you to know, first and foremost, that if you are going through that right now and you have been working out and you have been killing the game of your fitness and your nutrition and you walk past the mirror and you hate what you see, I completely understand. Most people would be like, don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, my gosh. Like, you shouldn't do that. And I'm like, I get it. It is a mind fuck. It is literally the worst. And then what you do is you look at pictures of yourself maybe from six months ago where you thought you looked bad and you're like, well, damn, I was looking good as hell. I wish I looked like that today. And you repeat the cycle by doing that. And what that is, that's body dysmorphia. You are literally seeing something that's not there. So first, I want to read you guys something that's really important before we really dive into this. Virtually every person can identify personal physical features that they're less than completely satisfied with or they think they should improve. But the symptoms of body dysmorphic disorder extend far beyond occasional thoughts. According to the American Psychiatric Association, APA, people who suffer from body dysmorphic disorder will spend an average of three to eight hours every day dealing with intrusive negative thoughts about their body, shape, size, or appearance. These obsessive thoughts can push people to engage in a variety of unpleasant or self-defeating behaviors. For example, people who have body dysmorphic disorder may feel the urge to constantly check their appearance in mirrors or other reflective surfaces and may be compelled to compare their appearance to everyone they meet or see. They may engage in excessive grooming habits, exercising and tanning, or other actions. They may even choose to undergo multiple cosmetic medical procedures. And I do want to say and be extremely transparent that there was a time where I would literally 
walk in front of a car, walk in front of a mirror, walk in front of a window. And I would just constantly be like, oh my God, how do I look? How do I look? How do I look? How do I look? And it is fucking exhausting. You know, some people may be like, well, maybe I don't have body dysmorphic disorder, but you still may understand what it is. And it also will help you understand if you might be down that road. So I want to tell you guys some of the actual physical symptoms, because I gave you some signs and symptoms, like if you do those things, but some of the physical symptoms are damage to skin due to compulsive picking. Like I know people pick their skin, they do things that like just constantly trying to change their appearance or muscle damage due to excessive weightlifting. And when I started bodybuilding, she's like, yeah, you only have arms once a week. You're not going to lift till next week. I'm like, what? I do know that you have to give your muscles rest. But I think we've come into this culture of like, the more I lift, the bigger I get. And so obviously I want to talk about the mental symptoms because, you know, I'm all about the mindset. So some of the mental symptoms are obsessive comparisons of personal appearance to that of others, preoccupation with flaws in appearance that are not obvious to others. That's why I have mirror moments in my book, people. Like, you go to the mirror and you immediately look at the thing you hate about yourself. And I'm like, what? Like, nobody even saw that. Nobody sees what you see. And stop dissecting the bad in yourself or on yourself. But then there's low self-esteem, which we know that causes a lot of additional mindset issues. Um, anxiety, depression, neur- neuroticism, and delusion. And I may have said this on the podcast before, but one of the things that really not only helped me with body dysmorphia, but <laughs> really kind of solidified the fact that I should stop beating myself up is because I realized with my two eyes, I will never see my body. I will never see my body with my two eyes except for an angle like this or an angle like this or an angle like this. I'm right now, well, now I'm in my new podcast studio at my new house, but I was, I've was i been staying at my in-law's house and they have a mirror in their bathroom. Sorry, mom and dad, I've taken over your bathroom. But it is like one of those skinny mirrors that you can get at Walmart and it compresses your body. And then I look at my mirror. I have this big mirror in my bathroom here at my house. And I look in that mirror and I'm like ginormous, not in a bad way, because you know I got these muscles now, I'm happy with it, but it spreads you out. And so then if you look at yourself on your phone, if you do selfie mode and you're like doing a selfie mode in stories, your face looks very thin. And if you turn that camera around, your face spreads out a little bit. And so no matter where you look or how you look, you're always going to look different looking at yourself because you've never been able to see yourself. That's why I have literally relied on one, my my internal mindset to be like, I'm doing the best that I can do. And this is my body. Like, I don't, it don't even matter. Like, it don't even matter. So that's the first and foremost thing. And when I say it doesn't matter, it's like, it doesn't matter what that mirror makes you look like. It really doesn't. What matters is that you're doing the work or you accept where you are and you continue to push through. The second thing that I've learned to rely on being married and being in a healthy relationship has been really great for me. But the second thing I rely on is believing Scott when he tells me I look great. Because before he would tell me I look great and I'm like, oh no, like I feel like I need to change this and I feel like I need to change this because my mind is still at the Sean. And as a sophomore in college, 
that's 50 pounds overweight that I woke up one morning and I saw myself and I didn't like. Like, why am I living in that space when the person that you like and you trust in everything else in your life is telling you you look good, but you're like, no, but like that no but is to me is proof that you could possibly be suffering from body dysmorphia because you are not believing one what somebody tells you and you're not believing what you're doing. And in the same breath, and some people might find this to be a little harsh, if you are 60 pounds overweight, you should be like, yeah, like I'm 60 pounds overweight. It's okay. Like the other thing I don't like is when people say, oh, I need to lose weight. And then the other person that's in the room is like, oh, no, you're fine. It's like, yeah, you're fine. Like, you are fine. You still a bad bitch. But at the same time, like, if you tell me that you need to lose weight and you and I as a trainer and a profession, I'm like, yeah, like, if you're coming to me for help, I'm going to be like, yes, like, I totally understand what you mean. And here's how here's a journey and a process on how to do it. Eat better, get fit, be healthy, whatever. So I say all that to say whether you're super fit or whether you fit on the outside or whether you have a lot of weight to lose and we know it, me and you, if we're having a conversation, it's okay to accept that. It is really fine to accept that. But I also like really need to dive into this. I make the mistake of saying this, like needing to lose weight. Let's talk about that really quick before we move forward. Needing to lose weight. You kind of have to want to lose weight. The only time where you need to lose weight is when you go to your doctor and you get your blood work and they're like, your cholesterol is high, you are borderline diabetic, your estrogen levels are out of control, you're not producing enough testosterone, whatever the case may be. Now, when you go to the doctor and you get your blood work and your blood work and your, your healthcare provider says, listen, if you don't get this under control by your diet or your nutrition or your fitness or just working out 30 minutes a day, that's a need because as a person who's people's biggest fan, I need you to be healthy, right? So you need to do that. But if you're if you work out, if you go to the gym and you get on your treadmill and you eat your salad, but you also have a little drink at the bar, whatever, on a happy hour, and you are living this balanced life, you don't need to lose weight. You choose to live a balanced lifestyle. I'm falling in love with the bodybuilding journey. Because it doesn't feel like fitness, it feels like a sport. And it has completely changed my mindset in how I go about eating, how I go about going into my workouts. Believe it or not, I am so much stronger. I taught a couple classes at the Team Beachbody Summit. And in the past, I would do Insanity and I was 190 pounds and I was, you know, lean and whatever. And you know, I'd be pretty gassed teaching. Now I'm 212 pounds, 10% body fat. My muscles are dense. And when I was up on that stage, I felt stronger and I've been eating a shit ton of food. And so the difference is I used to stress, stress, stress because I didn't want to be this weight, stress, stress, stress that I didn't want to be this weight. And this weight that I was afraid of because I would look in the mirror and think I look like that is the thing that has made me so powerful and so strong. And it is gaining weight for me has been the thing that's helped me fall in love with fitness again in a non-commercial way. And it just released and relieved so much of the pressure of food, 
I mean, I wake up every day. I have a full cup of oatmeal, a, a big ass banana, some berries, a shake, and all my vitamins. And I used to think if I ate like that in the morning, I would look like the person I didn't want to look like, right? And can I tell you, by 9 o'clock, I'm ready to punch somebody in the face because I'm so hungry again. And my basal metabolic rate is much better. Now, oh my gosh, I could eat, I think, 4,200 calories a day and still not gain weight because my resting, my metabolic rate allows me to eat 2,200 calories a day. That's just the base. That's me laying down, watching TV. And then I work out. So in order for me to gain weight, do you know how much food I have to eat? I eat seven meals a day, y'all. The reason why I'm telling you that is because I'm going into a bulking phase and the word bulking used to scare the shit out of me. Like I used to be like bulking, what bulking? So I'm going into this bulking phase of my bodybuilding journey. I don't know if I ever get on stage, even though I asked someone yesterday if they would teach me how to pose. Going into a bulking phase in the past or just the word bulking in the past, again, put my mindset back to my sophomore self in college, that 50 pounds overweight. And so I had this incredible conversation with my trainer, Kristen, like, okay, how am I going to do this? Like my goal is to be like around 220 pounds, 10% body fat, maybe eight on a good day when I'm going to, you know, vacation with my friends or whatever. But I have to put on like about 10 pounds now. And she's like, you're going to have to eat. And there's going to be a layer over your abs that you typically don't like because you like to look in the mirror and you like to be as lean and as ripped as possible. And she was like, this is possibly going to fuck with your head. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I didn't really think about it because I've been enjoying the eating process. And she was like, you're going to have to eat and eat and eat. Some people do a dirty bulking. And that is when they eat pizza and cheesesteaks and fries and they don't care. They're just doing anything they can to stack on the weight. My trainer is not like that. She's like, you're going to do a very clean bulk, but we're going to up your carbs because you're going to need to put on the weight and we, she knows how to help me turn it into muscle. Anyway, with that conversation and going into this journey and being at the gym that I go to, I have seen some incredible transformations of people. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's this woman... Mickey, who I absolutely think is amazing. She has this great personality. She also, her name is Marlena. And I met her like my first or second day at the gym. And I looked at her, I was like, wow, this woman is strong. She is fit. And I was just like so enamored by her not only ability to stay committed to her fitness, but in addition to that, I saw her training people. And then a month and a half later, she's like, yeah, I'm about to do a show. And then I see her over the course of about five to six weeks shred herself to like this incredible physique. And she does, I believe it's wellness. So it's not bodybuilding. It's not to get big, but 
she was like shredding herself to this incredible physique. And I, and I said to her, and we had this really incredible conversation. It was fast. I said, you know, you look really great. And she looked at me and she said, every time you see me, can you tell me that? And I was like, I'm getting the chills. I was like, oh my God. I was like, absolutely, because you do. She was like, because this shit is hard. And this is when your mind starts to fuck with you. One, you want to look good because you're going on stage for judges to judge not your body because they don't judge your body like that. They judge your muscles and your your posing and your physique. But she's like, it's coming out of that. And so I want you guys to hear from her. She has a really great take on body dysmorphia and and how she has found a way to love herself through the process. And I believe that she will be able to help some of you, too. Hey, y'all. So I'm going to speak a little bit um, about my experience with the body dysmorphia. I've been um, competing since 2016. So my body has changed tremendously, especially with the different coaches that I've gone through. Through this journey, I have discovered self-love. The thing is about becoming so lean and looking like a superhero and then putting them back on your fat mass it can really mess with your mind because you're used to looking a certain way. And one of the most horrible things, if you really think about it as a competitor, now you're about to go on this stage in front of hundreds of people. And there's a big possibility that they tell you you're not good enough. So what then? Do you give up? Do you shame yourself? Do you put yourself down? No, this is where you're my self-love kicked in. I realized, especially for me, because I'm a former uh, model, I was in over 13 magazines with a thicker body. And my modeling career kind of went, uh, you know, downhill once COVID hit. And the thing is, one day uh, a photographer asked me, he said, he stated, you know, you're gonna have to choose between bodybuilding and or modeling because women with muscles is more taboo. You know, that's a different type of market. Um, it's not necessarily, I guess you could say, the most attractive to, to some men. So I got it hit double side from it. So, but what people don't understand for me, fitness saved my life. So my body going up and down the way it does I love myself in all forms. I know it's not realistic to walk around as a woman, eight to 10% body fat. That's not realistic. So when you go into these shows and you really put your all into it, you gotta remember, even if you don't place, think about all the trials and tribulations that led you to that stage. Just to get on the stage alone is a accomplishment in itself. And that's how I've always looked at it. I've always bought my best package. I've always strived and went harder each time. So when it came to the body dysmorphia and I would gain a little bit of weight, it honestly wouldn't bother me because of the self-love. I'm big on telling my, all my athletes and my clients, fitness starts here. And then once you get this right, your soul will follow and your body has no choice but to follow because you tell your body what to do, not the other way around. So for me, with the body dysmorphia, it wasn't too big of a deal. I guess I 
realize that her early age looks fade. This is, you're not gonna look like this forever. And I'm comfortable with that in my skin. So you have to come to terms that eventually you will get older. Eventually you don't wanna work out no more. Eventually you wanna live a normal life. So once I came to those terms, I realized it's okay. I'ma love myself. I'm still bad and I'm still cute no matter what size I am. So that's what you gotta keep that in mind. You're always gonna be beautiful no matter what size you are. And you still dress the same way. You still love yourself the same way no matter whether you're skinny, slim, thick, what they consider obese or whatever have you. So um, just keep that in mind. Definitely for me, it was the self-love and the discipline of constantly bettering myself each show. And that's what I applauded. Not the necessary, the changing of the body because that's gonna naturally come. Bodybuilding is all mental. You get your mental right, your body will follow and you'll be good. So hopefully my experience helps some people as far as um, knowing that they have to practice self-love first, especially if they're trying to get into this sport. If you don't already love yourself and think you the baddest thing in the room, this is going to be a tough sport because it's going to humble you and fast. So peace and blessings. Take care. Now, I think, again, it's very important for us to hear from people who are at the top of their game and look at fitness as a sport because while fitness is so commercialized and it's so much on the magazines of what you're supposed to look like and we have the plus size models and we have the fit models and everything is put into these crazy boxes I believe that kind of going with me here and looking at fitness as a sport is a really great way to get your mind out of commercial fitness and I'm like you all already know I mean I had commercials on TV for I don't know 13, 14 years of being like, here's my before and here's my after. And so, you know, and, and that's the other thing that I want to say. Your before and after is, doesn't happen as fast as it does on a commercial. And I think that's one of the reasons why people get so stuck and, defeated when it comes to their fitness is because they want it to happen overnight. And because you want it to happen so bad overnight, one of the things that you do is you're constantly judging the person that started. You're constantly judging your size. And you never forget that person because you want that so bad and you want it to happen so fast that you don't even know what it's like to understand that this whole process is a journey. That should take time. And it should, in some ways, be enjoyable. We compare ourselves to other people right away. When you see a commercial, you immediately are like, I want to be like that person. Or you look at Beyonce, or you look at Kim Kardashian, or you look at Arnold Schwarzenegger. Having been in this bodybuilding journey and meeting people, again, has been amazing for me. And one of the people that I met is my guy, Elias. He's one of the owners of the gym. And I met him again. I'm like, this. first of all, he's super, super incredibly kind. But we just kind of formulated a relationship. And one day I walk into the locker room and he was, I think he was practicing his poses or something. I was like, oh, you know, let's, let's do an ab check, you know? And so he, and we talked about doing a full ab workout. And so, 
in the past, I would have done that ab check with him and been like, oh my gosh, I want abs like yours. Like, I want to do it. But he's in the middle of this shredding process to get ready for a show. And so we had a conversation. He's like, you know, like comparing abs is the worst. He's like, it's the worst thing. Like, to compare yourself to other people is the worst. And it's so interesting that he said that because, number one, abs look completely different on everybody. And number two, you don't want to look like somebody else. And he's like, let's just do, I, th- I think we came up with, let's be each other's accountability partner. And so for two weeks, we both worked on our fitness and we came back and we took a photo and we not compared our abs to each other's. We compared our abs to our abs from before. And it was like such a great way to take a picture with someone and being like, we have two different bodies. We're both having gains, meaning like progress in our fitness. And it's two guys here and we're like, you look great and you look great. And the comparison window went out the window. And it's so crazy because there are people that I go into the gym and I admire. But after having that conversation with Elias, I was like, wow, like I can stand next to somebody who's, you know, two weeks out from a show who's going to be like super, super shredded. I feel really comfortable and I feel really confident. And so I want you to hear Elias's take on comparing yourself to other people. Hey guys, Elias Wilsey. Thanks so much for having me, Shanti. My quick take on body dysmorphia is it can be such a uh, struggle and not just people that compete or really in the fitness struggle with it, but everyday walks of life, people that look at others and you know desire that or wish that. And um, I think the main thing is we all have whatever we're blessed with here to work with. So you have to work with what you got. If you need a, a professional to help you direct your eyes and your heart on how you want to look for health, um, you can always seek those avenues. But more than anything, if you're working towards something good, ourselves as individuals are usually the you know, biggest critics of ourselves. So you gotta remember that sometimes with your physique, you never arrive to where you wanna be. You're, you're always a work in progress. You're, you know, as long as you keep taking those steps, that's what matters. And the worst thing you can do is go on Instagram, compare yourself to others, as you can just go through rabbit trails through that. So my best uh, take is set realistic goals for yourself. Don't compare yourself to others. Just know that it's a ride. It takes a long time to get your body to do what it wants and you learn a lot through it and your whole vision might even change as you're going through it. So hope this helps guys and I uh, appreciate y'all. So hopefully that will help you to at least start the process of not comparing yourself to other people. Here's something, though, that I've always wanted to discuss, and I haven't necessarily been afraid to discuss it, but I wanted to discuss it when it comes to your body and something that I believe a lot of people aids in the beginning processes of body dysmorphia. You all know I have twin boys. They have different dads. They have the same mom egg donor, right? They look completely different. Silas is a dense... I mean, he could go out in the NFL right now and be completely fine. And Sander is literally like a 100-meter sprinter that in some way reminds you of a mad scientist. Like, it's, it, they look completely different. Bodies are different, hair is different, eyes are different, every skin color is different. It's incredible. But one of the things that we do, and we have talked about 
Scott would be like, oh my gosh, like Sander like completely has your body. He's going to have your body. And, you know, and we hear ourselves saying like, Sander, you have such a nice, your legs look so nice, you know? And then Silas were like, oh my gosh, Silas, like you're so strong. And we say these things and say it about their bodies. And so I've always been like, am I creating a bad and negative connotation on body by complimenting their body? And some people really believe that's it. But then also, I'm like, but it's your body and I'm complimenting your body the way it is. And so is telling them like, wow, your legs are so strong or Silas, you have big muscles because you want (laughs) to be the Incredible Hulk, literally. Am I, is it a detriment to their you know, future about how they're going to look at their body. And I really don't know because I know it comes from a place of love and excitement and silliness and sometimes just, you know, conversation that I have with Scott. And so at a young age, even as a fitness professional, I'm trying to balance out like, how am I going to work through this with my children? But also in our house, we're very transparent. So if Number one, if if Scott or I said something like, you know, I know that maybe didn't make you feel good, we would say that. And I believe that for parents out there, I want to say, if you do have young kids, it is always a work in progress because we can't get it right. But maybe it's something to be mindful of. But with that said, there are people in the fitness industry that really, you know, maybe have had a different experience and understand And maybe I've had an experience, like I said, that body dysmorphia, maybe I've come from a different place. And especially when you're in the fitness industry and you go through what I'm going through, you're going through bulking or you work in a gym and you see all different body types. And like we said, you compare yourself to other people. So I want you guys to hear from my friend Carly, who is the wife of Elias, who you heard from just a bit ago. I think she is one of the coolest people I've met at the gym. She's super chill and she's super open about the mental struggles around fitness and she's also training people every day and training herself and before we go there i just think it's really important like i said way earlier we have to stop saying to people who are fit you don't need to work out because you're fit because these people who are fit are also still not going through something negative but we're still navigating and managing our way through kind of like our own personal journey, but also trying to be fit as hell and get older and be completely fine with where we are. So listen to Carly. I think a lot of you are going to be pretty inspired by what she has to say. And we'll talk about it on the other side. What's up, guys? My name is Carly Wilsey, and I just want to say thank you so much, Sean, for allowing me to come on here and talk a little bit about body dysmorphia. This subject is... I think it's overlooked. I think it's been normalized and it's okay nowadays to talk negatively about our bodies when that should never be the case. I believe that body dysmorphia can start at a super young age, okay? Name calling, if you get called names as a kid, you're fat, you're this, you're that. Words stick, right? And we think that we're those things. So then when we grow up, we still have those in the back of our head. We still look at ourselves. Um, We're our own worst critics. So we're looking at ourselves the hardest and we're nitpicking the hardest all the time. 
Um, as a mom, myself, as a former NPC figure competitor, I have gone through seasons, multiple seasons of body dysmorphia myself. And the weird thing about it is there's no really warning signs and no one kind of, no one can prepare you for it because it's really a mind thing. I think it happened out of nowhere. One morning you could wake up, love the way you look, you're feeling yourself. And then the next day, or even later in that same day, you start nitpicking, you go on Instagram, you compare, you scroll, you start feeling like you're less, that you're not good enough, that you need to do more with your body. And I think that's the number one problem that we have in today's society, especially is social media. I mean, there's so many fake altered bodies, but yet we still go on there and compare and try to get like someone else's body. And at the end of the day, you have your own body. You were blessed with your own body. You have to work with what you were given and ultimately navigate your way through and over those days of body dysmorphia. It's gonna come, it comes in all walks of life. I know this, whether you are a competitor, whether you're a mom, whether you're a dad, it doesn't matter who you are, what you're doing, it happens to all of us. And I think the most important thing that we can do is to continue to love ourselves, move our bodies and never give up on ourselves ultimately. Cause at the end of the day, it's you versus you, no one else. And the best thing that you can do is keep pushing along and keep trying to be the healthiest, happiest version of yourself. So you heard that, love yourself and move your body. And the reason why I may sound very direct when I say that is because moving your body is essential. It is essential. I'm not saying you have to do insanity. I'm not saying you have to do some crazy workouts. You don't have to be a bodybuilder. You can walk around your neighborhood every day. I, my new neighborhood, I have these two neighbors. They say every day at 9 p.m. I'm like, how do you walk at 9 p.m.? But every day at 9 p.m. they walk. I'm about to get into bed. But they walk at 9 o'clock at night every day. And I don't know if they exercise, but I think that that is absolutely wonderful. So I'm just saying that you don't have to do some crazy all-out exercises. But I think moving your body helps with a few different things. One, it helps with blood flow. It makes you feel good that way. Two, moving your body helps you so much mentally you have no idea. There have been plenty of times where I've been extremely stressed and I would go work out and I would finish my workout. And not only would I feel better from moving, but I would have more mental clarity on the thing that was stressing me out beforehand. And what fitness and exercise does is it takes you to a place so that you can, like I said, you think clearly, but it releases these endorphins to make you feel good. And when you are not moving your body effectively or appropriately over time, you become stagnant. It's like being in an argument with your spouse. If you guys sit in that same room and you just fight and fight and fight and fight and fight and fight and fight, it's going to escalate and escalate and escalate and escalate. But if one person leaves or if you go outside and you change your environment, you're like, I have a breath of fresh air. Oh my God, the sun is hitting my face. Oh my gosh, like we separated for a second and now I have time to think. It's the same thing with exercise. Like exercise, if not for your physique or aesthetics, just to help you have mental clarity. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to body dysmorphia and exercise, do they go hand in hand? I actually don't think so. I think there are people who work out every single day and they still suffer. They still look in the mirror. And you know me, I'm like, go get therapy. If that is you, go get therapy. The reason why I say go to therapy for body dysmorphia is because finding the root to where this comes from is going to help you tremendously. It's going to help you break down all of those building blocks that got you to that place. It's going to help you deal with Comparing yourself to other people, it's going to help you love yourself a little bit more. If you are a person out there who fluctuates in your weight, therapy, I'm telling you right now, will help you stop the yo-yo dieting. Whether you're just working out leisurely, when you're changing your body specifically, when you're like, I want to change my body and I want to lose weight, the best way to go through that is to literally have a strong mental fitness base as you do it. And I'm going to finish and leave you guys with this. It is really, really tough sometimes to look in the mirror and not be happy with what you see. And I would say for most of you, it's really tough all the time. And what you're doing when you do that is you are wishing yourself to be something that you are not right now, or you're wishing yourself to look like the person that you just saw outside or at the gym, or you're trying to be that person in high school. And I would love for us to stop saying, I want to get to my high school weight because your high school weight didn't have the weight that you have now. It doesn't have the wisdom. It doesn't have the power. It doesn't have the experience. And it's not going to look the same. So when you look in the mirror right now, if I can give you any tip, it's like, I accept this body. I accept what I look like. And while it is okay to want to change, it is okay to want to lose weight. I think that's amazing. Like these goals that you have for your fitness is really great. But I'm telling you right now, if you accept what you have and use what you have to get where you want to go, it is a much stronger chance that you are going to get to where you want to go. Remember the journey, love the journey and know that that person that started was the person that helped you kick off that journey. And like I say in my book, that is the strongest person you'll know. The person that started this journey is the strongest person you know. So if you're looking back or if you are constantly looking in the mirror in the morning and the afternoon and you think you look different, 
You have to literally go with it. And I'm going to tell you this one last story. Every morning when I wake up, my body is on fleek, honey. It's like, yes, queen. And every night when I go to bed, my stomach is like, no, queen. And I used to get really mad. But I'm like, you literally ate seven times a day. And I finish every night with a protein shake that is so delicious. And it pushes my stomach out. And so I'm like... Why Why was I doing that for so long? Like, at the end of the day, if you drink all of your water, if you drink your shakes, if you eat all your food, if you do all these things, your body is going to look different at night. So don't let the evening time be the catalyst for you to beat yourself up, especially when it comes to body dysmorphia. If you go out and then you enjoy wine or you have a night of drinking with your friends, do not wake up the next day and be like, oh, my God, I need to run to the gym. I'm bloated. Yeah, you bloated because you had a good-ass time. You had a good-ass time. Don't throw away a good-ass time and the choice you made to have a good-ass time for a morning of like, like, yeah, you might want to go to the gym and sweat it out. Like, I totally get that. But don't tell yourself or think of yourself as less than or quote-unquote fat or be like, oh, my God, I'm ugly because you had a good-ass time. And <laughs> if you are in a place where you find yourself to be 20, 30 pounds overweight if it wasn't because of a injury or illness, because I know like I know myself, like I gained some weight when I had to not work out. I know that can be hard, but like when you gain weight, it's always for a reason. You do know that, right? Some reasons injury and illness, and a lot of the reasons because you ate your way there. And if it was fun, if you're like, shit, I had a good ass time for the past six months, I ate, then you need to celebrate the fact that you had fun. You need to reverse that. If you had stressful eating, you're going through a divorce, or you're going through something in your life, that is a place to put it. So like we gain weight for a reason. If you ignored your health and fitness, that's why you got there. So I think that we also need to acknowledge why we got to where we got. Injury, illness, stress, we wanted to. There's many different reasons, but you acknowledge why you got there. And when you're on your way back down, take the step-by-step process to enjoy the journey so that when you do in your mind see that old person that maybe didn't have the body that you want you can celebrate them instead of making yourself be a part of them and beating yourself up and taking yourself back years i want you to continue to trust and believe in who you are and enhance your life not just your body i just want you guys to know and be mindful that Body dysmorphic disorder is a real thing. And so if you find yourself either going down these paths or you're thinking of yourself as less than, let's try to really seek out some help. And so in the show notes, we're going to actually put some resources for you because I think it's really important that if you or somebody you know may be going down this road, just to kind of look into it a little bit, maybe do some more research, read about it and see if you need some additional help than just this podcast.